Tudor-minded people, it's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is Giglet. Yesterday evening at court, my fellow maids Honor and I were in our chamber playing at dice, dancing and making music. Assuredly, we were making quite a din. Oh, how we all jumped when Her Majesty herself broke into the chamber, commanding silence and bellowing that we were a gaggle of confounded gigglets. Giglet? How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. Jessica reads a chapter of Time's Riddle and then my dear friends discuss the history behind the tale. So diverting. So subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Check it out. To us, Giglet might sound kind of cute. And it is related to giggle, which has its roots in the Danish word gig, a spinning top. So that is nice. But in the 16th century, giglet was entirely derogatory. And it meant a wanton, lewd woman. How do you spell it, Philadelphia? It is spelled G-I-G-L-E-T. Some synonyms are jade, harlot, jezebel, bored, strumpet, loose in the hilts, wrench, drab, Jilt, trull. There were a lot, I mean a lot, of 16th century words used to slut shame women. It was a popular pastime, especially in the theater. Our Tudor Word of the Week comes from Shakespeare's Measure for Measure. This play was first performed in December 1604 as part of the Christmastide celebrations. In the first folio of Shakespeare's plays, this work was included in the comedies. It does have comic elements that I adore. Wordplay, disguise, irony, but also elements that belong in tragedy, soliloquies and beheadings. It is a confounding mixture. It has been called one of Shakespeare's problem plays because it doesn't really fit into either the comedy or the tragedy category. The other two problem plays are All's Well That Ends Well and Troilus and Cressida. All three were probably written between 1602 and 1604. I guess we might call Measure for Measure a dark comedy. The play is very complicated. It's all set in Vienna, but everyone has an Italian name. And in fact, some historians think that the remaining version of the play was revised from Shakespeare's original after his death by Middleton, and that he changed the setting from Italy to Vienna. Which seems kind of random to me because nothing in the play is about Vienna. <laughs> Uh, to me too. <laughs> but maybe Middleton was tired of seeing plays set in Italy. He wanted to be new and exciting, so he weirdly chose Vienna. Can you give us a little synopsis, Philadelphia? In order to save her brother from being executed, the heroine of the play, Isabella, must revoke her vow of chastity. The outwardly ascetic and pious Angelo tells her in secret that unless she gives up her virginity to him, her brother shall die. Angelo is a fiend. A hypocritical fiend who, while threatening Isabella, uses his position as head of state to proclaim that anyone caught having sex out of wedlock will be executed. Our word of the week is used when one of Angelo's subordinates has the offenders in the town rounded up. Philadelphia? Aeschylus says, Such a fellow is not to be talked with all. Away with him to prison. Where is the provost? Away with him to prison. Lay bolts enough upon him. Let him speak no more. 
Away with these giglets too, and with the other confederate companion. So giglet here means prostitutes. It's not cute laughing girls. In the end of the play, Isabella is saved by a plot to deceive Angelo by putting the lady he was betrothed to, but whom he abandoned, in her place. She is then wooed by the good duke who returns to take control of the government in Angelo's place. Claudio, Isabella's brother, is forgiven and marries the woman he loves. Order is restored. Only the giglets are not pardoned. The plot device of substituting one woman in bed with a man for another is also used in all's well that ends well. And we find that very strange and dehumanizing. Yes, like that in the dark, you sort of put one woman in the bed with the guy instead of the woman who he's expecting to be there. So strange. <laughs> it's strange. Anyway, in the 16th century, they found that hilarious. Indeed, we do. The substitution plot makes the play a comedy, not a tragedy. And how comical it is when Isabella is presented with her brother's head on a platter. But it is really the head of a common criminal, not a dear one. Oh, how we all laugh. Modern audience won't find that as funny either, Philadelphia. People's sensibilities change, just like our word of the week. In the 16th century, giglet was an insult. Now it's cute. In fact, if you Google the word giglet, you come up with an educational site for kids. Higgins, my dear Gage, can it be so? My goodness. If he to refers, bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like.